Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse, Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, all included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite content in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Black Buffalo Zero products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of comparable products. If you're an adult age 21 and older who dips, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo Zero pouches. What are they made of? Pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves. Food-grade ingredients. Most importantly, there's no nicotine or tobacco. All proudly made here in the U.S. So if you're 21 and older and want to learn more about Black Buffalo Zero, head over to blackbuffalozero.com to learn more. You can buy their pouch online, ship directly to most states. Black Buffalo Zero, zero nicotine, zero tobacco, 100% ritual. Thanks for listening to the best of Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 12 to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and FS1. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Herd. This is the best of the Herd with Colin Cowher on Fox Sports Radio. It is Friday, lots and lots to talk about. What a night of the NFL Draft. Live in L.A., it's The Herd. Thanks for making us part of your day. Um, Fun, fun, fun. Like tonight now, the Warriors and the Lakers can finish off their series. I expect both to happen. Celtics did it last night. Not a surprise. Jason Tatum bounced back. All right, J-Mac. You know, it's funny when you watch. I followed you last night on Twitter. And um, smart teams do smart things. Dumb teams do dumb things. It sums up the first round, right? <laughs> and it's why the same teams draft near the top of the draft every year. Fascinating stuff. And the Lamar Jackson situation in Baltimore well, they resolved. Yeah. I mean, what a night in sports. Unbelievable. Oh, it's unbelievable. So let's start with this. I think the biggest story, uh, and we said going into the draft, is that you know the Indianapolis Colts need a quarterback. Where are they going to go? Uh, they probably weren't going to get Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. And so... You know, the two rawest quarterbacks out there, in fact, the most raw quarterback out there is Anthony Richardson of Florida. And when the Colts chose him over Will Levis, uh, that was a very, very bad sign for Will Levis because they both played in the SEC. Levis had better stats. Levis started more games. He was more productive. Wasn't as raw. Same, you know, same SEC. A lot of the same opponents. And Indy said to Will Levis, hard pass. And went with the kid who completed 54% of his college throws. I'm told Richardson came across more humble and grateful in interviews. And that lots of coaches thought Will Levis and Anthony Richardson both needed fixing. And one would be easier to fix with a much higher upside. 
And Will Levis comes across as a little cocky. He loves his arm. He loves the gun show, which I hated. The sleeveless shirts, uh, not a good look. I was told by two executives and a head coach that was an absolute turnoff showing the biceps. Quarterbacks, go look at the history of them. They don't look like that. Will Levis loves Will Levis. And so he's got to be fixed. He throws too many picks. And Anthony Richardson's got to be fixed. He throws picks and also is just too darn raw. But the coaches feel they can fix him. He's more coachable. He's more grateful. He's more humble. The other thing here is, and again, hated the gun show, hated the bathroom selfies. Whenever you see a normal person doing that, a goober doing that on the internet, it's like L, like loser. You can't have franchise quarterbacks doing that. And I hear this a lot. I hear this a lot, and I've pushed back on this every time. Whenever I hear, I want my quarterback to have a little arrogance. Like Jay Cutler, Josh Rosen, Baker Mayfield, Johnny Manziel, Kyler Murray. If you start looking at the string of quarterbacks who had the label a little cocky and a little arrogant, it now worked out well. Listen, Patrick Mahomes is humble. Brady for his reign overwhelmingly humble. Peyton Manning humble. You can't be cocky coming out of the SEC when you throw that many picks. Sorry, can't have it. I didn't like it with Baker. I didn't like it with Johnny Manziel. I've recently not liked it with Kyler Murray. I didn't like it with Jay Cutler. I don't like it with Will Levis. Will Levis likes Will Levis. Not into it. Um, I figured he'd go four because he was just less raw. Uh, you know, he could step in and and within some recent time play, I don't think Anthony Richardson plays at all or much in year one, but Indianapolis was willing to forego that their GM said, you know, he's not, don't, don't put a lot of expectations on him. He's not ready to go, but being humble, being gracious, being coachable, even as a star athlete matters a lot. And here was Anthony Richardson about being ready to play. You know, for one, I'm a hard worker. You know, I, I truly believe that. And I'm willing to work hard and I work harder than anybody. And then I'm also willing to learn. You know, I'm willing to be, you know, just as good or if not better than all these quarterbacks in the job and all the quarterbacks in the league. So try to be ready before preseason. You know, try to be ready before the first game. You know, they picked me this high for a reason. So I'm, I'm going to put the work in and make sure I'm ready for the franchise. If you need fixing, nobody wants to see cocky. Nobody wants to see a selfie. Nobody wants to see a gun show. You don't get it with Mahomes, and he's the best player in the world. Okay, so Lamar Jackson has signed a deal. Uh, You know, a lot of it guaranteed, but not all of it. That's reasonable. Both sides win. But I I was thinking about this this morning. Um, Did they really have a choice? I mean, think about this in the AFC. The New York Jets add Aaron Rodgers. Maybe you've heard of him. Trevor Lawrence, only getting better, ascending. Justin Herbert now has another receiver in the draft and clever offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore. Deshaun Watson was rusty last year. He'll be better. Sean Payton has a Hall of Fame level coach. Russell Wilson does. He'll be better. Um, The floor, like the 10th, 11th best quarterback in the AFC is Ryan Tannehill, who got to an AFC championship, and Jimmy Garoppolo, who got to a Super Bowl. The AFC feels like the SEC in college football and the NFC feels like the rest of the Power Five, just not quite the SEC. And you start looking around, 
In the NFC, Geno Smith made the playoffs. Brock Purdy, a rookie in the seventh round, made the playoffs. Daniel Jones made the playoffs. Kirk Cousins was arguably the second-best NFC quarterback in the playoffs. Next year in the AFC, you got guys like Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, could miss, miss the playoffs. So there's certain things in certain areas you have to have. In Phoenix, you have to have a pool. In Alaska, you have to have a winter jacket. And in the AFC, you got to have special at quarterback. You can't have a BB gun. There's a lot of different ways to win in the NFC. Defense and running. The Giants get to the playoffs. Seventh-round quarterback on the cheap. Stack your roster. Niners. Seahawks. Take a former bus quarterback. Hit a bunch of home runs in the draft. Lead you to the playoffs. Seahawks. There's a lot of ways to make the playoffs in the NFC. In the AFC... Do you have special at quarterback? And you could have your criticisms of Lamar. I think his agent situation is unorthodox. I thought he was way too noisy. Some of that's generational. Some of it's Instagram stuff. I just don't do, so I, I, I don't have a feel for it. But in the end, I don't think the Ravens had a choice. If you start in the NFL and you win 75% of your starts, that's what Patrick Mahomes does. He just finishes seasons better than Lamar Jackson. But they both win three out of four starts. And I know, I know, what about the playoffs? Go look at Peyton Manning's early playoff record. Aaron Rodgers' playoff record. I think it's a game under 500. John Elway got routed, humiliated, embarrassed in Super Bowls before he got a stable running game. You can't draft a quarterback just because you think he can win Super Bowls. Dan Marino got the one, never got back. You draft a quarterback because you think he can win games on Sunday and carry a team in crisis and win the division consistently and get you to the postseason. And then once the postseason happens, healthy team wins, coaching matters, home field matters, where you play matters, how's your offensive line. You, you, you can't just judge every quarterback on will he win a Super Bowl? Otherwise, would the Texans take C.J. Stroud? Would Carolina take Bryce Young? Lamar Jackson makes you stable and special at the most important position. And in the AFC, you got to have special. There's like one way to win. Have the dude. All right. What a day. So much fun. I will say this. I thought Philadelphia won the first day. Um, there are those that would speculate, you know, Will Levis got lucky because now there'll be lower expectations. You could certainly argue that, but I'd rather have the first round money at number four uh, than I would the second round money. Also, uh, when you are a first round pick as a quarterback, generally you'll get extra games because a GM and a coach, they, they selected you. So they're going to give you a second, a third, and a fourth chance. If you're a second or a third round pick as a quarterback, people can bail on you very, very quickly. They're not paying you anything. They didn't take a big risk. So going in the first round can often protect you as a young quarterback, give you a few extra starts. I mean, look at New York, Daniel Jones. They don't want to look like they missed at another quarterback or missed at another coach or missed at another GM. There's chaos. Daniel Jones got the bag with 15 touchdown passes in the NFC.
Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, it's the Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance see dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources black buffalo zero products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of comparable products if you're an adult 21 and older that dips gonna tell you about an american made success story and black buffalo zero pouches Black Buffalo's Zero Pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA by American farmers for adult consumers. What are they made of? Pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves. Food-grade ingredients. Most importantly, there's no nicotine or tobacco. Black Buffalo Zero is all about the history and tradition of dip, but they understand the convenience and discretion modern-day consumers are looking for. Bold flavor, full pouches. Black Buffalo Zero Pouches give you the versatility to consume discreetly but still keep the ritual with flavors Dippers Love, Mint, Straight, Wintergreen, Peach, even Blood Orange, all proudly made right here in the U.S. So if you're 21 and older and want to learn more about Black Buffalo Zero, head over to blackbuffalozero.com to learn more. You can buy their pouch online, ship directly to most states. Black Buffalo Zero, zero nicotine, zero tobacco, 100% ritual. So Baltimore had the noisiest offseason. I think Philadelphia has had the best offseason. First of all, they re-signed Jason Kelsey for one more year, the best center in football. Um, Then they got Lane Johnson, one of the top five right tackles in league history, to get an extension. Then they paid Jalen Hurts. He's there for now at least half a decade. And then last night in the draft, they got two excellent defensive linemen, including somebody with a little baggage, more than a little baggage, Jalen Carter, who I've said is the best college football player I saw. I struggled watching teams pass on him. I I thought Seattle should have gone with him, um, and Philadelphia moved up one spot to get him. Then they got an edge rusher, an excellent one at the end of round one. The NFL is not that complicated. The smart teams get it. Get the quarterback right then protect the quarterback, then get the quarterback weapons, and then draft defensive guys up front that can make the other quarterback hurried, uncomfortable, sacked, hurt, worried. The Eagles did that in the first round. 
They checked all four boxes. They let a couple of linebackers go, and bad organizations, Chicago and Arizona, overpaid for them. They did lose a really, really great offensive coordinator, both coordinators, in fact, but this is a lot of brain power in the building. Baltimore had a noisier, flashier OBJ Lamar offseason, but both Lamar and OBJ struggled to stay healthy. That has to be noted. But when you watch the draft, doesn't it feel like the smart people do the smartest things? Doesn't it kind of? I mean, I get what Houston did. Not a strong draft. They got two of the top 10 to 12 players. I'll get to that in a bit. But Philadelphia, you know, Chicago goes and gets a right tackle with that defense. A right tackle. You already got a left tackle. You need a right tackle. Uh, Detroit went and got a really good running back, but a running back, and you've already got a good running back and a linebacker, which is not a crucial position. Now, Detroit's had the last couple of years very good drafts, so I kind of want to trust their judgment. But you don't have to make every decision right in the NFL, but you got to make about 80, 75, 80% of the decision right. Like Kansas City drafted a running back in the first round a couple years ago. They've already kind of moved off him. You don't have to get everything right. You can make mistakes all the time. Good coaches hire bad coordinators. Great GMs, brilliant people like Belichick, Pete Carroll have whiffed on first-round picks. It's okay. It happens. But the Eagles won a Super Bowl with a quarterback and a coach, moved off both, and then went to another Super Bowl with another quarterback and another coach. There's a lot of brain power in that building. The GM, Howie Roseman, on drafting a player with some baggage a great player, though, Jalen Carter. I think when we got to know Jalen, um, we just felt like here, here's a kid that, um, you know, he does love football. Uh, obviously, uh, he's a winner. He won in high school. He won in college. And, uh, you know, we felt like uh, we have really good people in this building. You know, we have, we have really good um, support staff. Um, we have really good players who are good people. We have really good coaches. And um, we felt like it was a good fit for us. You can always tell the truth about acquisitions or firings or trades. What does your primary rival think of what you did? Right? So here's Micah Parsons on the Dallas Cowboys who has to face Philadelphia twice a year. He's, here's what he thought about the Eagles getting Jalen Carter. I'm just so sick to my stomach right now. But I'm just sick. I'm just sick to my stomach right now. I'm just sick to my stomach. I can't believe that many Come teams here. passed up on me. I'm Come just on. so shocked. Nine teams, eight teams let Jalen Carter fall to nine for this. I think Micah Parsons knows the truth. Jalen Carter was the best player in the draft at any position. Not saying it's perfect. Red flags were obvious. Character issues were discussed. But smart teams do smart things. And I think Philadelphia did really well. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Houston's interesting. So generally, my theory on the draft is, unless you can get Andrew Luck, John Elway, or Trevor Lawrence, or Caleb Williams, trade down if you have a top five pick. Just get out of there. Top eight pick. Get out of there. Don't trade up. And this is a weaker draft. But let me defend Houston. So they got C.J. Stroud, number two, and then they got Will Anderson. So you're talking about Ohio State, Alabama guys, Highly productive on the biggest stages in the two best conferences in college football. That is okay with me. They also took a big swing. I'm a fan of big swings. It makes sports more interesting. They also got premium positions. Quarterback and edge rusher. 
Those are premium position. They didn't draft an off-ball linebacker or a fullback. or a, They got premium positions. So if you start talking about the Houston Texans today, left tackle, got a good one, check. Quarterback, they got one, check. Edge, they got one, check. Weapons, that's what you do the rest of the draft. They had a very smart free agency. They got a reliable tight end, a guard, a safety, uh, a veteran receiver, and the hottest coach on the market. Quarterback and edge are foundational pieces, and this organization is building a foundation, and they're not quite there yet. So I can, I can defend this. Also, it's hard for me to criticize somebody with a plan. For most of the last decade, it's felt like the Houston Texans are just making crap up. Jack Easterby, fire a coach every year, making crap up. You know what this felt like last night? They had a vision. They implemented a plan that connected with the vision, and then they started executing the plan. Vision, plan, execution. That's what it looked like. Let's go get the second-best quarterback in the draft in free agency. Let's get the hottest coach in the market and smart free agent pickups. Didn't break the bank on anybody in the draft. A draft in which I was told there were 13 legit first-round players. They got two of 13. It's not terrible. I don't love moving up in a draft, but I said this during the free agency period. I thought they did a really good job. Dalton Schultz, really solid tight end. They go get a top guard and a top safety. They didn't break the bank for anybody. They spent judiciously, and then they went out and got two of the top 12, 13 players. Big stage guys, big production guys, BAM Ohio State guys, and their premium positions. That feels like vision, plan, execution. I'm good with that. I kind of think Houston has had a really, really sneaky, good last three to four months. And how often do we say that? If you got a plan, even if the plan's wrong, I'll take it. This team for the last five or six, seven, eight years, it, they're just making crap up. Coaching, uh, front office, it sounded like a circus. It doesn't. It sounds like a plan. Premium picks, premium positions, I was okay with it. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Aaron. TJ Hushmanzada and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Black Buffalo Zero products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of comparable products. If you're an adult 21 and older that dips, I'm going to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo Zero pouches. 
Black Buffalo's Zero Pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA by American farmers for adult consumers. What are they made of? Pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves. Food-grade ingredients. Most importantly, there's no nicotine or tobacco. Black Buffalo Zero is all about the history and tradition of dip, but they understand the convenience and discretion modern-day consumers are looking for. Bold flavor, full pouches. Black Buffalo Zero pouches give you the versatility to consume discreetly but still keep the ritual with flavors Dippers Love. Mint, straight, wintergreen, peach, even blood orange, all proudly made right here in the U.S. So if you're 21 and older and want to learn more about Black Buffalo Zero, head over to blackbuffalozero.com to learn more. You can buy their pouch online, ship directly to most states. Black Buffalo Zero, zero nicotine, zero tobacco, 100% ritual. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Yokohama Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Yokohama test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. So I got a theory on this. So I, this is one of the few ones I got right. I picked Bijan Robinson, the running back, going eight to Atlanta. And so now I just want you to think. Now, people didn't like it because Atlanta found a running back last year later uh, in, the, in the rounds, and they're like, they already got a running back. So I have this theory. What Atlanta did is what Miami did with Tua. So Miami had Tua, and Mike McDaniel said, hey, we got to find out if Tua can play. So let's get Jalen Waddell, let's get Tyreek Hill, let's get a left tackle, let's get, let's get a running back, and we'll find out if Tua can play instead of going into like year three or four with Tua and not having any idea. So what Atlanta has now is an offensive head coach that's clever, an excellent young tight end, an excellent young receiver, a top six offensive line according to PFF. And now they have a star running back, not a surprisingly good late round running back. Bijan Robinson is a star day one. So what they're basically saying is, we want to see if Desmond Ritter can play. What you don't want to be is the Bears. We're going into year three. We have no damn idea if Justin Fields can play. Because they're still trying to figure their offensive line out. Mac Jones, he's going into what? Year number three. We're still not sure because they put a defensive coordinator, an offensive coordinator. What Miami figured out very quickly with Mike McDaniels is we're going to surround Tua with an all-star team. And can he win games and be good? And they found out he can. If Tua did not have an injury issue, you'd stay with Tua. You'd sign him to a contract. It's a concussion issue, not a he can't complete the football issue. Now, I don't think Desmond Ritter is the guy. That's my takeaway. But let's find out. Let's find out if he's the guy. He'll have no excuses. You have a star running back, an excellent offensive coach, a top six O line, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, no excuses. Yeah, the defense is bad. 
this is not a Super Bowl team. This team is trying to discover if they have the right quarterback. So when these New Englands mess around for a year and put a DC at OC, we're going into year three on Mac Jones. Nobody knows if he can play. I think he can. Many don't. We're going into year three with Justin Fields. Can he play? I'm 60-40. Yeah, nobody knows. You will know by Thanksgiving because running back is one of those positions. From high school to college, from college to the NFL. If you can play, you'll be in the first game. Here's the ball, find the hole. He probably won't be a great blocker on the edge. He can catch, he can run, he's got a burst. It's a difference between getting a star at running back and getting a really good running back later in the draft that you feel you got great value on. Don't worry about value. This kid's a star. This is your Zeke. This is your Saquon. This is your Adrian Peterson, your LaDainian Tomlinson. 16 yards next year, half a dozen touchdowns if he stays healthy. So I think, I think Atlanta is trying to discover, hey, by the way, if we know by Thanksgiving this young kid, Desmond Ritter's not the guy, we're bad, we're in the Caleb Williams-Drake May sweepstakes, and we've got an answer. We've got an answer. Chicago and New England still don't. And that's the one thing Miami did with Tua. They just surrounded him with all-stars and said, all right, let's see. If you fail, then it's on you. Because it's not on the coach. It's not on the receivers. It's not on the run game. It's not on Mike Gesicki. So sometimes I think some of this stuff is discovery. What do we have at quarterback? No excuses for Atlanta. They've got young, talented people. And their O-line, and I don't follow O-lines, but PFF rates it as one of the best young, sneaky good tackles, one of the best young offensive lines in football. So Ritter's going to have protection, two legitimate running backs, a star tight end. Now, go solve your defense later rounds. I don't think it's as bad a pick as everybody else thinks. Can I ask you, uh, Atlanta ranked top five in rushing efficiency offense last year yeah. with Corderell Patterson and Tony Algier, yeah. a guy who had an awesome year as a rookie, was a fifth round pick yeah you've got a top five running offense your eighth overall pick and you're adding a running back I can move Corderell Patterson a lot of value in the market I can move people too you know if I think this kid let me ask you this do you think he I was told that he is the cleanest player in the draft okay look literally there is nothing not to like about him he is a guaranteed 12 to 1500 yard player year one do you know how many yards that is that's 80 yards. Let's say you get 85 yards a game with him. What do teams average every Sunday in the NFL? 385 yards? But wait, Algier was already giving you 80, 85 yards a game on the ground last year when he had 1,100. Like, he was very good. Did you really need is, this? Now, this goes back to need versus best player on the board. Like, is there anything wrong with having two running backs? Well, they now have three with Cordero Patterson. By the way, the Cowboys had two last year. Now they've got one, and there's real concerns. They have to go get another running back. Like, That's I fair. think dual running backs are not a terrible thing. I, I, I don't, so, now, I'm not we, saying this is the yeah. best pick in the draft, but I'm saying is I, I, I do understand it feels like the Miami Dolphins with Tua. We're giving you an all-star cast, kid. Yeah, but they gave him receivers, not a running back. We did this yesterday. Wide receiver is above running back. Running back's not a top five position of importance, is it? And you're going eighth we, overall? Let me say it's not maybe with Mahomes or Burrow. It may be with Jared Goff and Desmond Ritter.
Want more Herd? The Herd streams 24 hours a day, 7 days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search Herd to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. Okay, I'll tell you a move I liked in the draft, and I think Buffalo is very good, obviously, but I think they they kind of sputtered at the end of last year, is that I love the idea of moving up a couple spots in front of the Cowboys to get Dalton Kincaid, I think the best vertical tight end in the draft. They were also Buffalo 31st since Josh Allen arrived in receiving yards for tight end. So this is a really good pickup for Buffalo. But I think what they were admitting is they're finally saying, yes, even with a great young defensive coach, even with a great defensive front seven, with excellent linebacker and safety play, we still can't stop the Chiefs or Cincinnati. So let's just get Josh Allen another weapon. San Francisco's defense is loaded. It's got Hall of Famers all over it. Seven Pro Bowl-level players. They got rolled by Kansas City's offense in the Bay. Philadelphia's offense, loaded with talent, rolled, rolled over San Francisco in the second half. You can't stop anybody. 50% of the top defenses in the league, half, didn't make the playoffs. It's 2023. The middle of the field is now the offense. Buffalo's got great safeties last year, great linebackers, excellent front seven. They can't stop Kansas City. They can't stop Cincinnati. So I look at it, and I say to myself, Buffalo came to terms with, A, let's just get Josh Allen another weapon. That's what Kansas City keeps doing for Mahomes. And, B, let's fix the O-line. I mean, they went out and got a running back. Now they got a tight end. I think what they're saying in the building is, The defense has limitations. Belichick's the best defensive coach ever. How's it working? Sean McDermott's arguably best young defensive coach. Mike Tomlin, his career now will be tied to Kenny Pickett. They got defensive personnel. If Pickett's good, Mike Tomlin's back in the playoffs consistently and winning playoff games. And also the tight end now, because the middle of the field, it's the offenses. 10 years ago, 15 years ago, it was the defense. You start looking at a lot of elite teams in the NFL. What do they have in common? San Francisco, Brady's Bucks, uh, Eagles, um, Kansas City. A lot of tight end production. Really good high-end tight ends. So I think I love the Dalton Kincaid move. Not only do I think is he a very good vertical uh, tight end, but I think it's a little bit of kind of a sense of, listen, in the AFC, it's shootouts. Look how good our defense is. We're not stopping Burrow. We're not stopping Mahomes. We're not stopping these guys. Now we got Aaron Rodgers in division. You're going to have to win some shootouts. And I think Buffalo's come to terms with it. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. One of the best guys in the NFL, former GM of the Cardinals, Steve Keim. He's working on some draft stuff. Three playoff appearances, an NFC championship. Uh, Kyler Murray, Buda Baker, Tyler Matthew, Patrick Peterson, Calais Campbell. And outside of Kyler, Buddha, uh, Honey Badger, Patrick Peterson, Class Campbell, you had success second, third, fourth, fifth rounds. Um, this is considered a weaker draft. Are there guys, Steve, at the top of the second that you think kind of are really high-end players that will start immediately? Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any question, Colin. And I think you look at this draft and you see a guy like Michael Mayer, the tight end out of Notre Dame, where you see Brian Branch, who can play that inverted slot position as a corner or safety in the high post. There are several good players left. There'll be a lot of people jockeying for those positions, and it's going to be an exciting day. To me, this is one of my favorite days of the draft. 
You know, we got Buda Baker we traded up for. Christian Kirk was a second-round pick of ours. So you can really nail players that can, can help and help right away. By the way, the Steelers have the first pick. So they just got their left tackle. They have their quarterback. So Pittsburgh's got the first pick today. How many teams do you think are calling them? I think there's got to be at least 10. 10? 10 teams. And I, I would also say that, that, that they're obviously jockeying for position uh, because they have a first-round grade on that player. They want to get better now. And they're probably offering a next-year one. So Pittsburgh's in the catbird seat here. Will Levis didn't go. I threw out the Raiders. He doesn't have to play. When he does, they've got a lot of offensive elements, offensive coach. Josh McDaniel can be patient. If Garoppolo does get hurt, Will Levis could play immediately. Hooker, Hendon Hooker plays in a Tennessee offense that's kind of a college offense. I think Will Levis to the Raiders feels kind of right. Is there any that fit for you? Yeah, I mean, I think it would make sense, particularly when you think that Jimmy G has probably got to be a stopgap guy. Then you have an offensive head coach who has had success with quarterbacks in the past. Why can't he develop a guy like Will Levis who's got the basic skills that you want for the position? Yeah. And now, you know, you, at some point in time as well, we know, Colin, you got to take a swing on these young quarterbacks. So tell me a team yesterday to you, a couple teams that you thought – were winners that you really like what they did? I thought I thought John Schneider nailed it in Seattle. You know, you get the best receiver in the draft uh, in terms of rankings. You get the best corner. For him and Pete Carroll, you got to be thinking that they're looking at two guys right here for the future, Richard Sherman and Tyler Lockett. Two similar type athletes for those positions. Then you got to look at Howie Roseman, what he did in Philadelphia, I thought was phenomenal. He just keeps the rich get richer. You know, Howie Roseman gets one of the most talented defensive players in the draft. He gets another pass rusher who I thought was very similar to Hassan Reddick that we drafted out of Temple, who had a fantastic year last year yeah, in Philly. Yeah, the Nolan Smith out Correct. of Arkansas. Yeah, very similar. Quick, explosive edge rusher. Then I think, you know, you look at, again, a team like Buffalo. I love the Dalton Kincaid pick. Yes. Giving a young quarterback more firepower, a guy who can stretch the seam vertically and is explosive as a pass catcher. My theory on Buffalo is I think McDermott's smart, but he had a great front seven tremendous backers, excellent safeties, and he still can't stop Cincinnati and Kansas City. Could I argue they have made a little bit of a pivot saying, listen, we're gonna, in the AFC now, you got to win track meets. No we doubt. can't stop anybody here. I, is some of that move to Kincaid an acknowledgement of defense has limitations in 2023? I think 100%. And I think Brandon Bean has got to look at that conference and think, how can I win this thing? And to me, you got to look at the big picture, which is the NFL has changed rules, which are more in favor of offense and players. When you start looking at the mismatches on the field, NFL wide receivers versus corners. There's not enough corners to cover all you, those good receivers. You told me this years ago, you can't find a, a, a third great corner. You cannot. And then on top of that, the difference – and athleticism between defensive linemen and offensive linemen these days. There are some freak defensive linemen that are so talented, and then you got Joe Bag of Donuts playing offensive guard for you, <laughs> which has put, put more importance on offensive linemen as well. So I want to talk about your former team, Arizona. So we, J-Mac and I talked about this earlier. If, it, it's hard for me if you take the teams out and you just said, a team moved up for the best left tackle in the draft. I'd be like, well, it's a foundational piece. So I understand if this draft is not a great draft, but there's one left tackle or two you love, and I have a star quarterback, doesn't the move for Arizona make sense? I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, again, left tackles do not grow on trees. We know that. Number two, the kid in itself, you know, Paris Johnson, is a tremendous talent, but also a great character He's guy. He's supposed to be a great Tremend character He lights guy. up the room when he comes in. So not only are you adding a left tackle for the future, you take your current tackle, D.J. Humphreys, you move him to the right side, so you're much better already, and you instill confidence in your young quarterback. 
I heard I heard actually that left tackle Paris Johnson speaks multiple languages, great student, like will come in and learn your offense immediately. How much does that stuff matter? Like, like Jalen Carter, red flag stuff. Um, you know, I, I look at your guys and I don't, I mean, you drafted Honey Badger who had some baggage, right? Mm-hmm. Remember there was some marijuana stuff. Sure. So how do you view, because for Philadelphia to get Jalen Carter, he's the best college player I saw. How did you view that? You know, I think, again, it, fortunately for Howie Roseman, you have the ability to make take chances, you know, because of your roster, because you have a locker room that polices itself. So now you put him in there with Fletcher Cox and some of those stud <laughs> defensive linemen. Right, Kelsey and all of The guys. kid's going to grow up pretty quick. And if he doesn't, he's going to be out of the league pretty quick. Right. You know, we drafted a guy named Robert Kimdichie in the late first round. Yeah. He was tremendous talent, but we didn't have the locker room to police itself. Interesting. Which really, again, for Howie, in my opinion, now that he's putting him not only with other teammates from Georgia, but he's putting him in a, a position to succeed right off the bat. When um, the Colts and Anthony Richardson, so he's very, very raw. So um, I, I, now this is just me as a talk show host. I didn't love the bicep show. I didn't love the selfie in the bathroom. I do think from the time the season ends to the draft, there's about eight to ten weeks you can, not significantly maybe, but you can elevate your stock, interviews, degrade it, saying the wrong thing. Um, The Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, they're both a little raw. Were you surprised that the Colts went with the more raw player? I wasn't. You know, I have a lot of respect for Chris Ballard. I think he does a great job in Indianapolis. And I think, again, when you look at the big picture, Anthony Richardson was the most talented player at that position in this draft from a physical standpoint. Again, you have a guy like Shane Steichen who did something that I didn't think he could do, which was make Jalen Hurst into a tremendous player. He was almost MVP. I told Howie Roseman two years ago, he asked me, he said, do you think Jalen can do it? I said, when it comes to make NFL throws from a pinpoint accuracy standpoint, I didn't quite think Jalen had it. He proved me wrong. And Shane Steichen was one of the reasons. And now he's the Colts coach. Correct. So um, let's talk C.J. Stroud. And I'm probably wrong on this. But, um, you know, I was watching the draft coverage. And, I, you know, all these guys on all these networks, the NFL Network and ESPN. And there were some very – and I, you know, I, I, you know, you give me more information. And there was a lot of compelling arguments for C.J. Stroud. And, and I think one of them on ESPN was, listen, he's Jared Goff. But he can move. And I thought, well, Jared Goff's probably Jared Goff's pretty good. Jared Goff's a pretty good player. And and I look at CJ Stroud and I'm like, if you give me Goff with mobility, well, that's a top 12, 13 quarterback in the league. How what did you see on tape from CJ Stroud? I think he's a very good player. I think he's got the ability to be a strong starter in this league. And what I love more than anything about what Houston did was they made a decision. Okay. So what they did is they had to instill some confidence in their fan base. Not only did they cover up uh, and take care of that quarterback position. They covered up and took care of that pass rushing position, and they were able to do it by making that trade while on the clock, which I think is very, very difficult to do for, for a lot of different teams. So Nick Casario, I think, came out of this thing feeling very good. Not only that, but you have a ton of salary cap room moving forward. You have this money to spend. So now you supplement through free agency moving forward with a very solid base of young players. Explain... Um the Falcons taking a running back didn't bother me for my own reasons. A lot of people banged on it. Now, um, I had a GM tell me they thought that Bijan Robinson was the single cleanest player in the draft. Bryce Young was a tad small. Um, you know, everybody was Will Anderson's good, not special. That that Bijan is a day one starter, checks every single box, catch run. 
Um, but people say, well, I mean, they, they, they found a guy late in the draft last year. They already ran the ball well. What do you make of their move and why they made it? I mean, I love it because uh, the guy is a difference maker. We've talked about uh, philosophically not taking backs high. If he's a difference maker, you take him. Okay. Okay, and that's my opinion. You know, not only because of that, because of what he does schematically. He can get in the slot. He runs great routes. He catches the football extremely well. And when you have a situation where if Atlanta's not going to commit to one of these young quarterbacks, what do you got to do? You got to help him with the run game. And Arthur Smith is a brilliant guy. He's very articulate and thoughtful with his understanding of his offense. This guy fits what they do. He helps a young quarterback with the run game figure out if he can play in Atlanta, Ritter, if he can play. And then if he can't, you got to move on to a young quarterback at some point in time yeah. here moving forward. Was there um, Will Anderson, the edge rusher? Again, people can bang on the Texans, but I think they could argue in kind of a middling draft, we got two of the top eight, ten players. Is Will Anderson a dominant player? What kind? I mean, you had J.J. Watt. You yeah. know great players. You're yeah. in a division with the Bosas. Right. You know, you've seen, you either competed against or had Chandler Jones. Correct. You know edge rushers. What is Will Anderson? You know, to me, he's a, he's a 10, 12-sack year guy. Okay. You know, he's, to me, he reminds me a lot of Robert Quinn when he came out of North Carolina. Yeah. Very, very good player. And, and more than anything, I think, you know, when you're the Houston Texans and you're in a situation, D'Amico Ryans, you want a character guy. You want a guy that is committed to the game, that's passionate. So that is infectious in your locker room. You know, years and years ago, I, I scouted a guy from Alabama who was a really good linebacker and one of the best character guys that changed locker rooms named D'Amico Ryans. You drafted D'Amico? No, I said we scouted him, and he was a guy that had tremendous talent, tremendous character, won the second round, so he was overlooked a little bit, had a tremendous NFL career. Isn't that amazing? And again, now he goes back to the well, gets another character guy from Alabama who has been there, done it, and now you're setting your team up for the future with two guys who's played at the highest level at Ohio State and Alabama. So um, let's talk Lamar. I, I said earlier, in Phoenix, you got to have a pool. In Alaska, you got to have a winter jacket. In the AFC, you got to have special at quarterback. You can win a lot of ways in the NFC. You can kind of win one way in the AFC. <laughs> you got to put up points. The Ravens didn't really have a choice, did they? They, they had, to they had get no choice. What are you going to do? You know, it's, it's, it's what we talked about many times, Colin, the supply and the demand at the position. You know, do you either think you have a chance to win it all with a guy or do you not? You're playing musical chairs. Lamar Jackson gives them a chance. And then what Eric DaCosta did was Zay Flowers in the draft I thought was a tremendous move. So not only did the, did the Baltimore Ravens, in my opinion, win in the draft, but the, it was just the day itself. They got Lamar done. They got the receiver they wanted. I think the Baltimore Ravens, who continue to make good moves in, in personnel, they've always been a great, starting with Ozzie to, to Eric DaCosta, they do a great job in, in the personnel department. Packers never take offense in the first round. To their credit, they always have a good offense. Uh, they went and got uh, an edge rusher from Iowa. Iowa for oh, 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 Iowa just makes good NFL players. It's almost like if you draft an Iowa guy, they're often better pros than college guys. Right. right? Like their offense doesn't score a lot of points. Is it just a fundamental belief in Green Bay, I feel like they always go defense early. Is yeah. it coincidence? What do you make of that? Yeah, I mean, I think, number one, it starts with the player. And you talk about guys, Kirk Ferentz does as good a job as anybody. You know him. They're, they're, they're two, two and three-star recruits. He gets them in there. They become great program guys. They're committed. They're usually Middle Western kids that sort of grow into their bodies later in the process. And here's a guy that can play that 3-4 defensive end, which is really hard to find. Uh, you know, with a size, his strength at the point of he's attack. Big. Very, very big. And he's powerful. Got strong hands. And I think he's a guy that fits what the Green Bay Packers want to do. And, and in that division, you got to stop the run game, particularly in tougher elements with the wind and the rain. 
So yesterday you had 10 minutes on the clock. How much time on the clock today, round two? Is it five, five minutes? Correct. It's hard to make trades. It is. And, and, and I was telling you earlier, you know, people don't see behind the scenes. Every pick that you make, you've got probably four or five calls every pick. And you have to make that quick decision of whether you take the pick, whether the, the calculation of the points adds up to maybe move back or move up. And it's just a lot of moving parts that people don't see. So you have that draft, the Jimmy Johnson draft chart. Yes. You've got it right in front of you. There's generally about three different charts that teams use throughout the NFL, and, and that is one of them. And again, some of them are a little different in terms of points uh, situation. But again, it's, it's something to base off of more than anything. Go get a player you want. If you love one like Buda Baker, I didn't care what I had to give to get up. Yeah. You know, because I wanted Buda Baker and I knew he could be a difference maker in our organization. Well, and I think was. that's what a lot of people are thinking today. There's a couple guys up there, whether it's Michael Mayer, it's, it's Brian Branch. Can they, that player put us over the top? Mike Tomlin, well, he's got Minka Fitzpatrick back there, so he doesn't need a safety. He likes those safeties, though. He does like them. He's had some good safeties. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, it's great seeing you. Thanks, Colin. You Enjoyed bet. it. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.